0: It's right I don't
1: O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. In Matthew 4-4, Yeshua said these words, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God taking in the word of God every day is life to our spirit and health to our bones. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land, not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos eight, eleven, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north, even to the east. Today we continue the Torah portion via Kel, and it means, And He Assembled. Exodus 36, 1-38 Let then Bezalel and Ohaliab, and all the skilled persons whom Hashem has endowed with skill and ability to perform expertly, all the tasks connected with the service of the sanctuary carry out all that Hashem has commanded." Moses then called Betzalel and Ohaliab and every skilled person whom Hashem had endowed with skill, everyone who excelled in ability to undertake the task and carry it out. They took over from Moses all the gifts that the Israelites had brought to carry out the tasks connected with the service of the sanctuary. But when these continued to bring freewill offerings to him morning after morning, all the artisans who were engaged in the tasks of the sanctuary came, each from the task upon which he was engaged, and said to Moses, The people are bringing more than is needed for the tasks entailed in the work that HaShem has commanded to be done. Moses thereupon had this proclamation made throughout the camp, Let no man or woman make further effort towards gifts for the sanctuary, so the people stopped bringing. Their efforts have been more than enough for all the tasks to be done. Then all the skilled among those engaged in the work made the Mishkan, or the temple, of ten strips of cloth, which they made of fine twisted linen, blue, purple, and crimson yarns. Into these they worked a design of cherubim. The length of each cloth was twenty-eight amote, and the width of each cloth was four amote, all cloths having the same measurements. They joined five of the cloths to one another, and they joined the other five cloths to one another. They made loops of blue wool on the edge of the outermost cloth of the one set, and did the same on the edge of the outermost cloth of the other set. They made fifty loops on the one cloth, and they made fifty loops on the edge of the end cloth, of the other set, the loops being opposite one another. And they made fifty gold clasps and coupled the units to one another with the clasps, so that the Mishkan, or tabernacle, became one whole. They made cloths of goats here for a tent over the Mishkan. They made the cloths eleven in number. The length of each cloth was thirty a moat and the width of each cloth was four a moat the eleven cloths having the same measurements. They joined five of the cloths by themselves and the other six cloths by themselves. They made fifty loops on the edge of the outermost cloth of one set, and they made fifty loops on the edge of the end cloth of the other set. They made fifty copper clasps to couple the tent together so that it might become one whole, and they made a covering of tanned ram skins for the tent and a covering of dolphin skins above. They made the planks for the mishkon of acacia wood upright. The length of each plank was ten amot, the width of each plank an ama and a half. Each plank had two tenons parallel to each other. They did the same with all the planks of the mishkan. Of the planks of the Mishkan, they made 20 planks for the south side, making 40 silver sockets under the 20 planks, two sockets under one plank for its two tenons, and two sockets under each following plank for its two tenons. And for the other side wall of the tabernacle, the Mishkan, the north side, 20 planks, with their 40 silver sockets, two sockets under one plank, and two sockets under each following plank and for the rear of the tabernacle, the Mishkan, to the west they made six planks, and they made two planks for the corners of the Mishkan at the rear, and they matched at the bottom, but terminated as one at the top into one ring. They did so with both of them at the two corners. Thus there were eight planks with their sockets of silver, sixteen sockets, two under each plank. They made bars of acacia wood, five for the planks of the one side wall of the Mishkan, and five bars for the planks of the other side wall of the Mishkan, and five bars for the planks of the wall of the Mishkan at the rear to the west. They made the center bar to run halfway up the planks from end to end. They overlaid the planks with gold and made their rings of gold as holders for the bars, and they overlaid the bars with gold. They made the curtain of blue, purple, and crimson yarns and fine twisted linen, working into it a design of cherubim. They made for it four posts of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold, with their hooks of gold, and they cast for them four silver sockets. They made the screen for the entrance of the tent of blue, purple, and crimson yarns and fine twisted linen, done in embroidery, and five posts for it with their hooks. They overlaid their tops and their bands with gold but the five sockets were of copper. 1 Kings 7, 13-26 King Solomon sent for Hiram and brought him down from Tyre. He was the son of a widow of the tribe of Naphtali, and his father had been a Tyrian, a coppersmith, he was endowed with skill, ability, and talent for executing all work in bronze. He came to King Solomon and executed all his work. He cast two columns of bronze. One column was eighteen amot high and measured twelve amot in circumference, and similarly the other column. He made two capitals cast in bronze to be set upon the two columns, the height of each two capitals being five amot. Also, nets of meshwork with festoons of chainwork for the capitals that were on the top of the column seven for each of the two capitals. He made the columns so that there were two rows of pomegranates encircling the top of the one network, to cover the capitals that were on the top of the pomegranates, and he did the same for the network on the second capital. The capitals upon the columns of the portico were of lily design for a moat high. So also the capitals upon the two columns extended above, and next to the bulge that was beside the network. There were two hundred pomegranates in rows around the top of the second capital. He set up the columns at the portico of the great hall. He set up one column on the right, and named it Jachin, and he set up the other column on the left, and named it Boaz. Upon the top of the columns there was a lily design. Thus the work of the columns was completed. Then he made the tank of cast metal, ten amout across from brim to brim, completely round. It was five amout high, and it measured thirty amout in circumference. There were gourds below the brim, completely encircling it, ten to an ama encircling the tank. The gourds were in two rows, cast in one piece with it. It stood upon twelve oxen, three facing north, three facing west, three facing south, and three facing east, with the tank resting upon them. Their haunches were all turned inward. It was a tefak thick, and its brim was made like that of a cup, like the petals of a lily. Its capacity was 2,000 bot. Mark, 14, 1-21 After two days was the feast of the Passover, and of unleavened bread. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him, Yeshua, by craft, and put him to death. But they said, Not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster jar of ointment of spikenard, very precious. She broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves, and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than three hundred pence, and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Yeshua said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has wrought a good work on me. For you have the poor with you always, and whenever you will, you may do them good. But me you have not always. She has done what she could. She is come aforehand to anoint my body for burial. Verily I say to you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she has done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. And Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray him to them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. And he sought how he might conveniently betray him. And the first day of unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover, his disciples said to him, Where will you that we go and prepare that you may eat the Passover? And he sends forth two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and there shall you meet a man bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him. And wheresoever you shall go in, say to the goodman of the house, The master says, Where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished and prepared. There make ready for us. And his disciples went forth, and came into the city, and found, as he had said to them, and they made ready the Passover. And in the evening he came with the twelve, And as they sat and did eat, Yeshua said, Verily I say unto you, One of you which eats with me shall betray me. And they began to be sorrowful, and to say to him, one by one, Is it I? And another said, Is it I? And he answered and said to them, It is one of the twelve that dips with me in the dish. The Son of Man indeed goes, as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. Good word for that man, if he had never been born. Psalm 51, 1-19 Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you might be justified when you speak, and be clear when you judge. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you shall make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with your free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you desire not sacrifice, else would I give it. You delight not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then shall you be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon your altar. Proverbs 10. 31-32 The mouth of the just brings forth wisdom, but the froward tongue shall be cut out. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaks frowardness. 4-3-2-1 I want to speak to you today from our Torah portion from Exodus chapter 36. And this whole chapter is giving us the description of the creation and the putting together of the wilderness tabernacle. And then in our Haftorah portion in verse King 7, it was a description of the putting together and the creation of the first temple under King Solomon. So you can see the direct parallel. But what's the application for us today? I want to be really practical. So we can look at the tabernacle at many different levels. And there was a literal wilderness tabernacle. There was a literal first temple that was burnt down and destroyed on 9th of Av. There was a second temple built by Herod. And again, it was destroyed on the 9th of Av. And there will be a future third temple, very glorious, which is spoken of in Ezekiel. I believe it's chapters 44, 45, 46, the closing chapters of the book of Ezekiel. But another way we can apply this is um, we are the living tabernacle. The altar of our heart is the most holy place. And when we allow Yeshua to rule and reign and to be the Lord of our life, he's on the altar of our heart. But there are times when sometimes we dethrone him and self gets onto that throne instead of Yeshua, when we make selfish or carnal decisions and behavior. So um, a tabernacle could never be made with just one curtain. Or one stone it it it's a whole assembly of many of four main curtains hanging on loops, hanging on clasps and and there's many parts to the tabernacle, similarly, we are the living tabernacle, each one of us is like a living stone, and Yeshua is the chief cornerstone, and the scriptures say that the The cornerstone that the builders rejected became the chief cornerstone, and Yeshua is that cornerstone. So now let's zoom in on verses 12 and 13 of Exodus 36. They made 50 loops on one cloth, and they made 50 loops on the edge of the end cloth of the other set, the loops being opposite one another. Verse 13, and they made 50 gold clasps and coupled the units to one another with the whole clasps, so that the mishkan, the tabernacle, became one whole. So, you know, one way we can look at this is each one of us is a loop. Each one of us can be a clasp. And if you tried to hang a curtain with just one loop and one clasp, the whole curtain would come crashing down when you hang curtains on a rod you have a number of rings to hang it up or when you hang up a shower curtain you have a number of rings to hang up that shower curtain if you tried to hang it up with only one loop it would not work and so every one of those loops and clasps is vital needed essential and necessary for the tabernacle to come together to make it as one Similarly, each one of us is vital, essential, and important so that when our living tabernacle comes together, when we assemble in person, face-to-face on Shabbat, that it's whole, it's one, it's complete. So here's the application. Recently, um, I came back to the Northwest where I used to live and uh, I've been away for four years. And so now I'm near my family, near my three grown children who are married, near my grandchildren. I'm not far from them. And also close to my mishpochah that I had greatly missed. And so one of my uh we'll call her Susan. Um, she's an elderly lady with severe osteoporosis. And when we had the big storm a couple of weeks ago, she lost her power. I'm about 10 minutes away from her and she had absolutely no power and wood stove only for heat and she cannot lift the wood it's too heavy for her so she had not eaten any meals really good healthy nutritious meals in several days and she was all by herself and she was very vulnerable so I stepped in and stayed with her and We had to haul in water for flushing toilets and for washing dishes and drinking Um, big containers and buckets and gallon jugs of water. And also had to keep the wood stove going with wood. And um, so it was kind of like the pioneer days. And then finally, after about nine days, her power came back. But she still needs help, assistance in the morning with her morning breakfast and getting the wood fire going for the wood stove and also help in the evening with meal with the dinner and with continuing to keep the wood stove going. And cause she can't lift anything. Her bones are very, very fragile and she's got micro fractures in her ribs. So what happened was, um, I worked with the son of this woman, Susan, and we put together a team, um, We have 14 shifts, one in the morning and one in the evening, seven days a week, 14 shifts, two hours in the morning, two hours in the evening. And about six different people came around and signed up for one or two shifts, a couple of shifts to come in and help her. And it's all done in love. Um, she just needs light housekeeping and a little bit of help with meals and with keeping the wood stove going. And it was just amazing to see how God pulled it all together. And so each person on that team is like a loop of the cloth, of the tabernacle, of the curtain, and a clasp, and the connectors. Loops are connectors. And that's a function, a very important function, is that we can come together to connect, to connect to one another to serve one another, to lay down our lives for one another. And so now this woman is really greatly recovering. She's feeling better. Her pain is subsiding. She's eating properly, and she's doing so much better. And she's deeply and dearly loved because she is, uh, for many years, has hosted home groups in her home and has just really practiced hospitality she's raised up many other facilitators um, reproducing what she does and so god has really looked after her and made sure that she was protected and provided for she's a widow and so truly yeshua is her husband but i bring that up because this is a practical application of how we in the body need to come together like loops On that curtain, like the 50 golden clasps on that curtain, that no one person can do it, it would be too much. But when you spread it out, and a number of people come together as a team, we can accomplish much. I'd like to close and conclude with the beautiful song, Create in Me a Clean Heart, based upon Psalm 51 that we read today. Shalom.
0: from my pr-
2: ever ever ah.